News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Now we're joined by Minister for Further and Higher Education, Simon Harris. Minister, good morning to you. A good news story from you this morning. Um, you've announced a historic change to third level education degree programmes. How can people access them uh, without CAO points? Yeah, look, I feel really strongly about this. I think for far too long we've been talking in this country about the pressure of the points race, the pressure that it puts on young people and indeed their parents and their teachers and also the fact that it in many ways caps people's potential. For lots of students it works and works well but you could be sitting in a classroom today or or certainly before the summer break and you could have made the best possible nurse but you don't do well in a rote exam. You could be somebody that's really creative and wants to work in arts and visual media but perhaps you're not particularly strong at some of the traditional subjects mm-hmm. that the Leaving Cert assesses. What I don't want to do is live in a country that caps your potential after school. So today we're announcing for the first time ever that there will be 23 degree programmes that you can start in further education and training, be guaranteed that you can then progress and complete that degree in higher education uh, outside of the point system. And of course, it's not just for school leavers. You could be somebody today in your 50s looking to go back to education and this could be a way that works well for you too. I mean, it, it does sound genuinely good. How do people access these new courses? So I've got to be honest and upfront. This is a, I hate the phrase pilot, but it's phase one. Um, there's about 500 places and the website outlining the courses will go live uh, later on today at nto.ie. That's National Tertiary Office, nto.ie. Each of the programmes will, of course, have entry requirements. You have to have some way of assessing who can get in uh, to a programme. And those will vary from course to course. So, for example, if you're looking to do uh, some of the creative or arts courses, portfolios will be required. I think for some of the music and drama courses, auditions will be used. For others, there'll be interviews. Uh, and of course, many will have basic entry requirements around your leaving search and certain grades within the leaving search. But all of the entry requirements will be listed on that website later today. OK. And do we know yet what, what kind of fees will be involved? Will it be the same as university fees or something different? I know if university so registration fees are all that exist, but will it be the same kind of costs incurred for people? Yes, but actually slightly better. So for the further education part, you won't pay fees. And for the higher education part, you'll pay the regular fee. So for to give you one example, there's a BA programme, an honours degree in immersive media production. That's a four-year degree programme. You can do year one and year two in Bray Institute of Further Education mm-hmm. or Ballyfermot College of Further Education, and then years three and four in IADT. For the first two years that you're in the College of Further Education, you won't pay fees at all. And then for years three and four, you'll pay the normal student registration fee. And Susie Grants and things like that will apply for these courses as well? Absolutely. So you'll be able to access Susie. And actually, there's another benefit. You'll you'll also be a registered student of the university from day one. So if you're looking to use the university facilities, even when you're in the College of Further Education part, the library, the sports gym, the clubs, you can do that too. This all sounds good. And I'm sure this is music to many people's ears. Just just before we we move on to the the negative side of it, um, what kind of courses are we talking? You've mentioned nursing, you've mentioned media and creative kind of arts. So there's there's a variety of areas. To give you some examples, there's business, science, uh, nursing, uh, immersive media production, sustainable engineering, technologies, uh, popular music, and a variety of others. The nursing is one I'm particularly keen on, though, because I have met far too many students who've done the nursing post-leaving cert course, have gotten the highest and best possible marks, and then have had to go to the UK to complete okay. their degree. Uh, we have enough challenges in our own health service without uh, staffing the NHS. Okay, uh, and, and then the kind of the downside to this 
this. I mean, the TUI are, are, are pushing back against this. They say this is premature, that they will resist it, that they're going to come to your launch, but they're there to kind of view what you have to say rather than to support it. Uh, is there a danger that we will actually see lecturers or teachers not cooperate with this? No, absolutely not. And look, I had a very good meeting with the TUI yesterday since they issued that statement. And I know last night they issued a, a further statement uh, describing significant progress uh, and actually saying that they thought this was now a quality alternative pathway so that students can enjoy optimal outcomes. I provided them with a number of important assurances in terms of the terms and conditions of their staff not changing. Uh, we'll be continuing to engage, but I, I welcome their support. OK, so, so we're not expecting there to be any kind of spanner in the works here that we find that actually industrial action is going to prevent people from accessing these courses come September. <sighs> Certainly not. And all of these courses have been approved at a local level. But look, it's absolutely right and proper that teachers unions and others will want to continue to engage on this. This is phase one. Um, and, and if it works, and I believe it will work, um, it's something that can be expanded in the years ahead. And of course, that will involve lots of ongoing conversations. OK. Minister, moving on to, to the saga at RTE. RTE are obviously in crisis. Um, Kevin Backhurst, new DG, takes the reins on Monday. We've seen exhaustive probing into the the finances of RTE at at, at two committees now, two Oireachtas committees. What do you want to see happen on Monday, this idea of reconfiguration of the board? Do you have confidence in the executive board of RTE? So, look, the last two weeks have been... I suppose really have seen RTE instead of commissioning drama uh, making it and we need to really move beyond this. The government has shown I think extraordinary restraint in providing space and opportunity for answers to be provided lots of rock this time yeah. uh, and I don't mean this in a I don't mean, I don't mean in any way to be personal about it but despite all that I think people are nearly more confused than reassured at the end of that process. Next week uh, my colleague Minister Martin will take the unprecedented step of appointing a forensic accountant uh, to go into RTE to look at the book they will start with an examination of barter accounts and any other expenditure that is off balance sheet um, the new director general will start on Monday um, it is up to him um, to very quickly take action to move to reassure the public and the staff I must say I am absolutely flabbergasted that two weeks into this scandal there has been no engagement with the staff of RTE fine decent people coming to work and doing their job who've been left outside protesting about this issue and no one's engaged with them that has to happen quickly staff need to be spoken to by the new DG the people of Ireland need I to be spoken to I suppose there has been an absence Oireachtas of leadership in that the old DG is not has been has, has resigned and so there's been an abeyance of, of there's been an absence absence of, of, of DGs as it were but but this idea Well there's been plenty there's been plenty of executives that I've seen sitting at a rock this committee that do need to talk to the staff of RTE and need to talk to them quickly And those but executives look, like yes. one of the issues that has certainly arisen is this drip feed this sense that certain amounts of information has been kind of dragged like blood from a stone from the executive Do the executive need to go in your view? Do you have confidence in them? So I'm really conscious of comments by a government minister and the impact that that can have on people, their contracts uh, and the like. So I'm very satisfied that the new director general uh, met Minister Martin yesterday and that he will outline his plans for change and reform in RTE when he takes up the position on Monday. It's important that he does that. He is, of course, coming into office at a time of extraordinarily challenge, but it's also a time of extraordinary opportunity for him to come in here and prove in RTE that he uh, intends to restore public trust. I think people are getting kind of fed up of this drip feed. It's serving oh, nobody. Yeah. Uh, salacious detail day after day. What will the new titbit be today? We might tell you a bit more at the committee next week. It doesn't help the public. It doesn't help staff. Do you think, and it doesn't help where we need to get to. Do you think in a year's time, Orty is going to be a very different place to what it is today? 
I hope it is, and I, and I say that as a positive. Um, I think RT will con- will continue to produce really high quality public service uh, broadcasting journalism, journalism that is beyond uh, in any way doubt, you know, full of integrity. That'll all continue. But I also hope that things around governance, around what is an executive board versus a board, I think things around a register of interests, things that have been commonplace in many workplaces, including my own, uh, now needs to come in uh, to being in RT. There's nothing wrong with people having, uh, in some cases, activities outside of their work but it's about transparency around that as well so I think the new director general has a big opportunity and um, so too does the forensic accountant to get to the bottom of this public service broadcasting matters journalism matters uh, and we need now to uh, stop the drip feed and, and that has to be the challenge um, for the new director general from day one. Minister we're hearing about disquiet within Fine Gael about Taoiseach Leo Varadkar's leadership and we're also hearing many rumours that there are a large tranche of Fine Gael, uh, supporters and indeed Fine Gael members and Fine Gael TDs who would like you to lead Fine Gael into the next general election. Could you see any instance where that might happen? No, um, I think we have an excellent leader uh, within with Leo Varadkar um, and I'm really enjoying working with them as Taoiseach. We have a huge, huge body of work to do between now and the next general election around delivering on key issues. That's going to be key to our success or otherwise uh, at the election and my focus okay. is entirely on working closely with Leo Varadkar and making progress on those issues. And should the party ever call upon you to become their leader, would you welcome that? Well, look, that's that is you know my answer to that. That that's hypothetical. I've never hidden my amb- ambition. I think ambition is a good thing in all workplaces, um, but it doesn't rise now. And, and should it rise in the future, that's a different discussion. Minister for Further and Higher Education, Simon Harris. Thank you very much for speaking to News Talk Breakfast. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman in association with Air. Weekday mornings at seven on News Talk.